welcome to the podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith where our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church. I am D.A. Bennett, lead pastor here at St. Andrew's, and I'm so glad to have you tuning in today, whether you're tuning in live for the interactive part of this or whether you are uh, watching this as a tape-delayed thing. I'm so glad that you would do this today. And as you can tell, once again, I'm flying somewhat solo. Pastor Josh is at Dayspring South Camp with our senior high students. We've got about 44 people down there, so that is a really great thing, but I am not alone because always and forever with us in the studio is our uh, studio engineer, tech guy, producer, all of the above, Jeff Smith. Jeff, how are you doing today? Doing well today. You know, it's uh, getting a little cooler, but we'll see for how long, but you know, I don't know. Is, so that's why you're wearing long sleeves today? Yeah, it's yeah. Cooler. Long, long sleeves, and you know, I'm I feel dirty like an adult. You know, just kind of dressed up. Yeah. So I uh, let's just address the elephant in the room. Yeah. I've, I've got a funeral to attend. One of my good friends for the past 27 years passed away, and his funeral's immediately after this podcast. So I'm going to be booking it up to Edmund to uh, celebrate his life and uh, be with his family and our close friends for uh, his celebration. But uh, but yeah, so, but other than that, I'm doing great today. Yeah, I, I was going to let people know that, so it's better they hear it from you. Obviously, uh, whenever we dress up around here, it probably means something's going on that's out of the norm, and we uh, extend our condolences to you and our, our family. And uh, just so y'all know, as, as we pray before we begin the podcast, I did pray with Jeff about this, and I hope that uh, if you feel so led reach out with some encouragement, let him know that you're sad for his loss because that's one of the things we do in the church is we pray for each other. That's what today's podcast is going to cover based on the sermon this last Sunday. We have been looking at a series called Creating the Church, and there were four devotions of the early church that we read about in Acts chapter 2. Um, the apostles' teaching, fellowship, the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and prayer. And one of the things that, that I believe about prayer is that when we talk about apostles' teaching, it's not intimidating. We're receiving. We're consumers on the end of that. When we talk about fellowship, hey, we're all for a good time having it with good people in a good, wholesome way, uh, but also understanding that it was more than just having a good time. It was being concerned for and dedicated to each other's highest good. It is being healers when there's healing that is necessary to bring. And then, of course, we all like sharing a good meal. In fact, I'm feeling a little bit hungry right now. I'm remembering last week's podcast as we talked about, you know, if you could only have one more meal, what would it be? Uh, but then the Lord's Supper and, and what that means in our tradition. But today we come to prayer. And unlike sharing food and whatnot, prayer can be intimidating. And one of the, the biggest phobias I find among Christian people is sometimes that we're afraid somebody's going to ask us to pray out loud in front of other people. I had the, the great opportunity, I guess, the, a great part of my formation as a follower of Jesus Christ is 
the the church of my youth, the church I went to when I was in high school, and then I helped to lead the youth ministry whenever I was in college, was a church where we prayed together. And it was not uncommon that we prayed together. Usually at the end of a, a youth meeting, we would all circle up and hold hands, and everybody would just take a time to pray. Our, our leaders would encourage us. Even if all you say is a sentence like, thank you, God, for this being a good experience today, that we just really help people to uh, get in that habit of praying together. But over the years of being a pastor, I have noticed that more and more people really feel uncomfortable praying. And so I would hope that we would understand prayer is not something that we need to be intimidated by. It is something that we see the early church was devoted to, but we also see what the, the meaning of that is. And so one of the things that I would say is we need to understand when we pray, we're not spiritual consumers. Now, hear that. Sometimes we are spiritual consumers. I need you to pray for me. I've got a big decision to make. I need you to pray for me. Uh, I'm, I'm having a struggle in my life. Will you pray for me? In that sense, we're consumers because we're asking other people to give us something, to do something for us. The point is we're not merely spiritual consumers. Prayer is not just about us. We intercede on behalf of other people. That's part of the koinonia. That's part of the fellowship that we share in the church. Um, but one of the things that I have discovered among the people that are newer to faith, I, I don't want to sound condescending, but people that are less spiritually mature, sometimes you'll hear the comment, well, I was praying about this and I asked God to do this and God didn't do it. Why should I believe in God? Now, I think that's a fair question. I don't think that's a question that God is offended by and say, well, if that's your attitude, I'm never going to do anything for you. I'm not going to listen to your person. That's that's not who we believe God to be. The, the question becomes when God doesn't do something for us, is there something more that, that we need to understand? So when we pray, it's not a list of things that we're willing to negotiate with God. Uh I remember an old episode of MASH. Did you ever watch MASH, Jeff? Was that a, a sitcom that you ever got into? Oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely did. And it's an iconic, iconic TV series. Uh, you know, I, I loved it. That, that was a thing. Um, gosh, this is history. For those of you that are young, I apologize. But I remember uh, when the Americans were kidnapped during the reign of Ayatollah Khomeini back in the 80s the early 80s. early 80s yeah. and that was when after the news mash started coming on every night at 10 30 and that was a big thing where i went to ocu uh the guys in the dorm i wasn't in the dorm but i did share this with them a few times you sit around and you'd watch mash and you'd laugh and, and that was a good time but one of the scenes i remember was you know there was a soldier who had been injured and so you know he's in the hospital and he asked to talk with father mulcahy and he tells father mulcahy here's here's my dilemma i told god if he would let me live through this battle that i would become a priest and Father Mulcahy, he goes, oh, let me guess. You don't want to be a priest. He goes, exactly. Prayer is not something that we negotiate with God. God, if you'll do this for me, I'll do this for you. However, I would suggest if you are negotiating with God and God's in agreement to that, it's probably within your best interest to go ahead and, and do what you promised God you would do. And therefore, uh, as we often say, be careful 
what you pray, you may actually get that. But prayer is not a time for us to negotiate with God to get what we want. It's not this idea of being a consumer that I'm in this relationship with God so I can get everything I want. Instead, what prayer becomes is prayer is that time when we really begin to exercise daily what it means to live in a relationship with God. And one of the things that that I love is while I don't have a formal written down prayer list that I follow, I mean, I'll use a prayer list for the church and I pray through that. But in in my own personal devotional time with God, uh, I kind of have a mental list. Here's things that I'm going to pray for. I'm going to pray for my wife and I'm going to pray for our marriage. I'm going to pray for my children and my hopes that my children will Uh, come to know who Jesus is and they'll have faith in him and that'll impact every part of their lives. There are things that I pray for. You know, the prayer for our church right now, Lord, give us the gift of faith to do what you're calling us to do, which I've been laughing. We had a meeting last night at the church. I said, man, God, I I might have to quit praying that because God seems to want us to do a lot more than I (laughs) thought I was signing up for when I did it. But prayer is a daily exercise and this was modeled after the practice of the Jewish people that converted to Christianity. The practice of Jews in religion was to pray daily. They had daily prayers that they were praying. A lot of times they were formal prayers. They were prayers that had been written down that were easy for people to memorize. Some of that daily exercise might actually be a table grace that would be said before meals. If if you're new to the whole idea of prayer, I would just recommend that's a great place to start when you're sitting down to eat. If you're by yourself, uh, just utter that prayer of thanksgiving to God for providing that daily bread. Or if you're gathered together with friends, uh, I've got friends I do this with is if we're going to eat, we actually pause and we pray. I've got other friends. They're not really followers of Christ. And when we meet, I don't want to interrupt the relationship by saying, oh, well, we must now pause to pray. Uh, You know, it is something that we practice sensitivity into, but it's a daily exercise. Now, here's a funny story. I think I probably told this before in a podcast is, um, I remember when I was in college and I had gone up to the library to do some research for a paper and I always had the whole floor to myself because nobody was going up to do research for their Bible analysis class or anything (laughs) like that. And so I, you know, walked up the stairs and I came out of the stairwell and I saw these two guys uh, on their hands and knees. I thought they were looking for a contact lens that somebody had lost, but that's when I discovered, no, these were Muslims and they had gone somewhere they didn't think they'd be interrupted so they could actually have their time of prayer. I think that uh, in Islam, the devotees of that religion actually stop and pray five times a day. Whenever I was in Jerusalem, I remember uh, actually, we were staying in Bethlehem, but you know, this alarm, this siren, this sound goes off at like five o'clock in the morning. That was calling the Muslims. It's time for your morning prayers. And I remember we were we had been to Jerusalem and we were walking back to our hotel, and there were two guys that stopped right there in the middle of what they were doing to pray. And I love that kind of devotion. I ask myself, how do we as the people of God have that same 
kind of devotion as a daily exercise when we stop and pray. Uh, a, a good friend of mine, Larry Bowman, is the district superintendent of the Lake Country District. He continues to invite the people in that district to set an alarm on their phone so that at noon every day they're pausing to pray the Lord's Prayer. And so our devotion to prayer, whether it's using written prayers, whether it's praying through a list here that we have at the church, whether it's a list that we keep on our own, prayer is to be a daily exercise. The other thing we learn is that prayer was a means of identifying themselves as followers of Jesus Christ. And when we pray, who we pray to is vitally important. One of the things that, that I notice is uh, people will post stuff on social media for a situation in their life. And they have people that they're friends with on Facebook that they know are probably not people of faith. And so what they'll increasingly do, what I increasingly read is people will say, please send your prayers or your good thoughts or your good wishes, you know, however you do that, please remember us. And when I read that, I, I get the whole idea that not everybody has faith in Christ the way, you know, that Christians do. And understand this, brothers and sisters, as Christians, we must understand not everybody shares our values, not everybody shares our habits. We should not expect people that are not people of faith to pray for us the way we would expect people of faith to pray for us. But when I, I read this, the, the question for myself, and, and if you know the answer to this, by all means, share it. I'm, I'm not trying to si sound condescending, but if it's like, well, you just send me good thoughts or your good vibes. I don't know how you do that. I mean, uh, yeah, you can write a note of encouragement or something, but if I'm just having good thoughts that, gosh, I, I really hope this situation gets better for you. Where is my hope? Where is my wish? Well, isn't there a, uh, um, like a uh, verse in the Bible saying that uh, thoughts without deeds is unheard. Okay, so that's in the book of James, and it says your faith without works is dead. Right. You know, and, and th one of the things I want us to really understand is when we pray, the fact that we pray to God in heaven, that we pray to Jesus, that we pray to the Holy Spirit, that identifies us as a person of faith. In Islam, and I don't know the prayers that they do in Islam, I don't know if they're, I mean, they're obviously praying to Allah, but are they praying to Allah in Muhammad's name, the way as Christians we would pray to God in Jesus' name? I don't right. I don't really know the, the answer to that, but the idea is that who we pray to and how we pray uh, does identify us as disciples of Jesus Christ. That's one of the reasons that a lot of times when people pray, we pray Scripture. And we don't pray Scripture because, hey, God, just in case you forgot, you know, you said this in the Bible. And, it's again, we're not negotiating with God. We're not holding God hostage to God's Word. We don't have to do that. But it's, it, it's helpful that we pray in accordance with God's Word, that we pray in accordance with God's will. When we identify ourselves as followers of Jesus Christ and we pray in Jesus' name, what we're doing is we're saying, I want to bring my will, I want to bring my life, I want to bring my affections into line, alignment with God's will. And so that's why I believe when we pray in Jesus' name, we do actually connect ourselves to the source of 
of spiritual power. The early believers would pray, and God's power was manifested in ways that we really read about. You can read that verse, you know, we've been looking at 242, look at 243, and Everyone was filled with awe after they prayed, and there were these miraculous signs and wonders. You look in uh, chapter 4, start in verse 23. This will be part of the scripture we preach on this week, that after the believers prayed, the presence of the Holy Spirit was so palpable and so powerful that it said the place just shook, that people were truly aware of God's presence. Yeah. Yeah, and that actually brings up another good point. Um, You know, I know for myself, there are some times that, you know, I feel inadequate as a Christian or, you know, that that I'm a fake or a phony. Um, And there's uh, actually another viewer that submitted kind of the same question here, Um, you know, that they feel and I feel sometimes that our prayers don't get past our ceiling. Right. You know, so... Uh, where where is that power? How what, you know? How are we missing the connection with God? Uh, you know what what are we missing? You know how how would you help someone work through that uh, to to feel that power or that connection to God? I absolutely love that question. Christy Sullivan stopped me after the sermon Sunday. She said, I've got a question. Of course, Sunday's not always the best time for me to remember things. I asked her to uh, send us a question so I could give a more uh, thoughtful answer than what I might otherwise give. And uh, so I think that's a common experience. In fact, there's an old song. I believe Morgan Cryer was the guy that sang it. And he said, I'm in my closet. I'm on my knees, but my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling back at me. That's a very common feeling that sometimes uh, that's how we feel. Christy even said, you know, I feel that way sometimes. And I only have eight foot ceilings in my house. They're not <laughs> 10 foot ceilings. So my prayers aren't going very high at all. And, and, and if that's you and you're thinking, man, my prayers aren't going anywhere. Uh, you know, am I sub kind of substandard Christian or am I, am I less spiritually mature? I, I love the question, and that's why I want you to, to really listen to part of what I'm saying. And that is the idea that when we pray in the name of Jesus, it is our connection to spiritual power, but it does not mean that it's going to manifest itself in the way that it has to. Let me give you a few examples of that. Um, You know, probably some of you right now are watching this on your computer or you're watching this on your phone or on your iPad. Um, And at some point, whatever device you're watching or listening to this on is going to lose its power. And so you have to reconnect it to a source of power. That's what prayer does. It keeps us connected to a source of power. And yet, here in our studio, uh, the microphone, the soundboard, the computer monitors that Jeff is using, the very cameras, all of those are connected to a source of power. And if they are not connected to the source of power, they do not work. Hmm. You know, if the cameras aren't connected, they do not work. If the microphone is not connected, it can still be a good-looking microphone, but it's got no power. That's a good word. But even with the microphone, and, and this one's a little bit different than other microphones, it's, it's got a switch where I could turn it off. And even though it may be connected to power, I can speak in it, but if that switch is off, 
nothing happens. And so in our prayers, the, the key, and, and Scripture talks about this, you know, that we pray without ceasing. And the, when we pray, this is an exercise of our faith that without the prayer, there's not any power. It's not a guarantee that God's always going to do what we want. Um, I actually have um, experiences where I have prayed, and I believe I've prayed with great faith in what God is able to do. And God does not do what I have asked or what I desire to do. And and I will confess that sometimes those are pretty selfish things I'm praying about. You know, when uh, my mother-in-law had cancer all those years ago, I truly believed and I prayed God could do a miracle and God could heal her of that cancer and God could raise her up. And, and then I probably did cross over into the line of trying to negotiate with God a little because God, if you'll do this, you know, what a powerful testimony that will be that you healed my mother-in-law of cancer. Obviously, God's plan for my mother-in-law were different. She was a great woman of faith, but greater than God healing her on this earth is that God promises to bring a new body that is immortal through resurrection. And so God was not deaf to my prayer. It didn't get answered the way I wanted, but I still knew that I was connected to the source of power. And I've written a few notes on this, so I need to put my glasses on so I can look at this. Uh, and, and that question is, if it connects us to spiritual power, where is the power? Well, the power, I think, comes from a couple of different things. Number one, it comes with praying in Jesus' name, where we align our lives and our will and all our affections in line with his. I mean, even Jesus prayed, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. Not my will, but yours be done. You know, he was aligning his life with God's will. He was telling God exactly what he wanted, but he was willing to surrender to God's will. So I think there is power for us when we can truly surrender to God's will. Another thing is I think that there is power when we pray together. Power in numbers. Power in numbers. Uh, and it doesn't mean the more people you have praying, the more likely you are to you know, negotiate with God to, to get what oh, you want. Right. But whenever we read that, that this place was shaken, it's because all the believers were in that place. They were all understanding the, the power of God. And so I think there's this is one of the reasons I like to encourage people. You know, If you're in a small group, if you're in a discipleship group, let's pray and let's pray out loud and let's pray together. If we're working about saying the the best words you know it's not about saying the best words i mean trust me I, I wish i had that gift to be able to you know pray in such a way that people felt like they were lifted to the very throne room of god uh, i'm more often to be that kind of guy that that bows my head and god i'm so sorry i'm a sinner but i, I need you to hear me when i pray there are those other times i i feel confidence and boldness when i pray uh but I just love it when people pray the sincere prayer that is on their heart. And this is part of what it means to be the church. When we talk about creating the church, God created the church to be a people devoted to prayer. We're devoted to apostolic teaching. We're devoted to fellowship. We're devoted to sharing meals and experiencing the Lord's Supper. But we are a people devoted to prayer. And I don't think there's anything that concerns us in life that God is uninterested in. Now, 
God's plans may be different and maybe God's way is certainly going to be a better and higher way than ours is. That's not really an if. God's ways are always higher than ours. But uh, when I pray, I'm in the presence of the God that threw the stars into space and he calls them by name. I pray to the God who breathes breath into our lungs so that we can live. I pray for the God who created the, the beauty and wonder that we see through nature. I pray to the God who I know loves us more than we're ever able to describe you know, the height, the depth, the width. We, it's just unfathomable how much and how great God's love is. Um, and I have confidence that no matter what happens, God's always going to love us. And I want to be connected to him. And I understand people have different experiences when they pray. I, I was at camp years ago, and there, there was always a group of us that, that prayed before camp. And after worship one night, some people were coming in saying, did you see that cloud? I said, it's dark outside. What do you mean, did I see that cloud? They said, no, 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 no. When we went to the tabernacle tonight, did you see the cloud? And I said, no. But it, it was more than one person. And they, were, they read that part in the scripture about how when the people came together and people prayed, the Lord's presence was so thick that the priest could not even minister because the cloud was so thick. That was not my experience, but I was certainly rejoicing for those people who had that experience. Sometimes when we pray, we see God do amazing things. And the most amazing thing we can see God do is to finally have that life that is committed to him in professing faith in Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 2, they were devoted to those things, but the most impressive thing was that 3,000 people confessed that Jesus was both Lord and and Messiah. And that is truly the power that we stay connected. It is the power that saves us from our sin and saves us to great things. And sometimes we actually get to experience the miracles, the signs and wonders. I remember once I was coming off vacation. This was years ago when I was living in Tulsa. Right before we got in town, I got a call that a family I was very close to was at the hospital. Uh, her mother was not doing well. Would I come up to the hospital? And I remember going into that room and the two sisters were in there with mom and uh i said you know what what are we praying for and they said you know we we think mother is just kind of floating somewhere above the bed her her body's here but we we think she's on her way to heaven and i said well how how are we supposed to pray and they go we want you to pray that mama will come back okay and I, I will stand in agreement with you i will I will pray in that, but we're going to, if, if it's God's time to call her home, you know, scripture says it's appointed for that day that we die. And, but we prayed with great faith, Lord, if you would bring her back, if you would restore life and health and strength and breath to her life, Lord, that's what we're asking you to do. And she recovered. Wow. It, it You know, it's one of the times I can say that, I believe I prayed and a miracle happened. Her name was Betty, and it and then a, probably about a year later, I actually had the honor of doing Betty's funeral, and it, it truly was an honor because Betty was a beautiful woman. She's a beautiful woman of faith, uh, but God heard us when we pray, and and it was a sign of His power and His presence 
when we said, God, this is what we want you to do, and God did it. And that's one of the promises, Jeff, that we have for you and your friends as you celebrate your friend's life today is that that promise of God that raises us from mortal life to immortality, a perishable body to an imperishable body, uh, that the power of that truth will be known to you and all your friends in this funeral today. Yeah, absolutely. And he was a, Mike, he was a great man of faith, you know, so uh, he he definitely lived out loud for God. So uh, his his witness is going to be definitely celebrated today with all that. Awesome. So uh, did have a couple other questions, you know. uh, as far as, you know, uh, prayer and getting connected and, you know, hooking up to that power line uh, to God, um, I know for me, sometimes I struggle with prayer. Um, one, it could be, you know, that that's such a personal uh, commitment that I have, a personal relationship that I have with God. And sometimes I don't share a lot of personal stuff, uh, but, you know, are there other uh, things or... Uh, reasons, I guess would be the word, uh, that you can think of that other people have expressed uh, why they struggle with being able to pray out loud or, you know, um, have a deeper prayer connection with God? That's a very helpful question. Thank you for asking that. I I think that, uh, again, I always want to push people to to be able to grow in such a place that they can lead others in prayer. Again, the idea that we can't just be spiritual consumers, we need to be spiritual producers. And and then someone asks a question like that, and that's when I remember, you know, there's some people, they just don't ever like being in front of people. And that doesn't mean their faith is any less real or any less powerful. It just means who they are and their personality, the way they relate to God. It's let me be behind the scenes. Let me do that stuff. The other thing that comes to mind as we were talking is there's a scripture in Romans where it, it talks about how sometimes when we pray, we don't have the words. We have groans and we have sighs and God knows what those things mean. Again, it's not the words that we say that make prayer so important. It is the heart from which we're praying. We're aligning our lives with Jesus Christ, and we're committed to prayer. So, uh, you know, I I always want to encourage people, be a spiritual leader and do that. But I also understand there's some people, their personality is such a just don't, I'll do anything just don't ask me to pray (laughs) in front of people, but they truly have a servant's heart and they're truly committed to Christ. Some people just don't ever want to do that. And then some people are, again, most often it's people are just embarrassed is what I experience. Well, I know sometimes there in the past, you know, I've kind of stuttered over my own words, you know, and just don't feel adequate enough to, to lead in prayer sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess that kind of goes back to the saying, it's a daily exercise of faith. So we just need to exercise that part of our faith a little more right and and you know i often feel like i don't have the good words to pray uh pastor josh i don't think he would mind me sharing this when he first started we're like okay you're gonna do the prayer he goes okay i'll do it y'all just need to know i'm not very good at it (laughs) and so uh it you know it's not going to keep you out of heaven if you never lead a, a prayer out loud in front of people but my hope is we have confidence in our prayer life because we have confidence in who we spend time with every day and how he helps us. So, friends, we're out of time today. Thank you so much for tuning in, or thank you for listening. If you're listening on the delay, as always, we would love to see you in worship. 815 is our traditional service, 930, 1050 or more modern worship services. God bless you. Hope you have a great day, and stay cool. It's hot out there. 
Hey friends, D.A. Bennett, St. Andrews Community United Methodist Church. I want you to know that we are discovering some real blessing and benefit of digital discipleship, but we also want to talk to you about subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, it's under the church's name, and you'll get some different uh, video devotions each day. So if you're looking for another venue, maybe it'll work for you. God bless you.